0: Welcome to the Adventist Church of the Woodlands podcast, where you will find sermons, devotional thoughts, and current event conversations all based on a biblical worldview. The sermon you're about to hear was preached on December 4th, 2021, at the College Station Seventh day Adventist Church. I want to thank Elisa Jose for the invitation. I want to thank Pastor Bill for allowing me to speak at his pulpit. For some of you who may not know, this was the very first church I ever pastored 12 years ago, or more than that. I I don't remember anymore. (laughs) But God is good and it's always home. You never forget uh, your first church and here I am. I wanna share with you a story, a personal story, and we're gonna weave it through four sections, four key verses. And so have your Bibles ready as we'll go to those key verses. It's always good to be back. It's always good to see people you recognize. And it's always good to be able to share your story, especially when God is leading. But I want to share a testimony that happened over a course of four years, five years, a story of working for the Lord. God talking and me finally listening. I want to take you back to August of 2017. Anybody remembered what happened that month? Hurricane Harvey. I was pastoring the Cypress Seventh-day Adventist Church, which met at the Oak School, and Hurricane Harvey destroyed the elementary building. To this day, it stands there unoccupied, in a remembrance of the wreckage of Hurricane Harvey. I was also pastoring the Philam Church. And I had those two churches met at Houston Adventist Academy, formerly known as the Oaks. And this is where things turned for me, in a sense. Somewhere there, around that time, I tuned the voice of the Lord out. I stopped listening, and I started working for God. My new definition of Laodicea is doing the Lord's work, In your own strength. And boy did I dive into the Lord's work. As many of you know. The elementary portion of the school was destroyed. To this day the building remains abandoned. I wanted to help restore the school. And I took on too much. In my own strength. Pastor of two churches. Pay attention. Ready? Pastor of two churches. A five day a week radio program. Chair of the building committee. Sat on three boards. My churches and the schools sat on the personnel committee, Committee was second in charge of the fundraising committee. I'm a husband, a father, a son, a brother, a, and I need time for myself. And in the middle of that, oops, no social distancing. Here comes Emily. <laughs> Took you a while to get that. Larry's business is growing. For two years, I was on this unsustainable pace and on top of that, we decide to build a custom home in Sam Houston National Forest. It's a lot for one person. It got so ridiculous that my head elder at Cyprus and I would joke that our wives, with our wives, that we saw each other more than we did our wives. For we were all on the same committees together throughout this ordeal. There were times I would come home at midnight from various committees several days of the week. I wouldn't see my kids to put them to bed. I wouldn't see my wife. I would just text her that I was on the way home. And at some point in the middle of the night as she woke up either to feed the baby or to use the bathroom, she would see the text and realize that I was at home. And so the first verse that summarized this, is found in First Kings chapter 19, verse 9. You can either jot it down or go there, but I'm going to read it because the pace I was on doing the Lord's work was unsustainable in my own strength. First Kings 19:9, 9, and it says this. Then he came there to a cave and lodged there. This is Elijah. Remember, after his great victory on Mount Carmel, he is running away. In a, in a sense of depression, he is running away, fearing what the world can do to him. He is lodged there in a cave, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? You just gained a great victory, and now you're holed up in a cave, fearing the world when I am your strength. And so during this phrase, God is telling me, what are you doing, Geo? Why are you taking all these things? I've never asked you to take on all these things. And sometimes we get like that. We take on more than God has asked us. A new degree because we think it's going to advance us. A new job, a new move, a new this, because we think that's what God wants. And what God wants, well, what God is asking us, who told you to do this? Who told you to take this on? Why are you in this hole? Why are you on this unsustainable pace? What are you doing here? Ask yourself the question. Are you where you want to be? Or are you where God wants you to be? Then I hit my first breaking point. As I look back, many of these lessons are learned on the way back, looking back. I didn't recognize it at the time, but when my father died from Alzheimer's, I went to my Philam church, and I regret to say this, but I went to my Philam church, preached a sermon on a Sabbath. And many people, as I remember, were in tears because they felt the sermon was powerful, and I don't doubt the sermon. Touch their hearts because it's not my words it's his words. I was still doing his work and his word will not come back to him void even if the vessel that's preaching may not be listening. And then I did something I regret doing without any prior warning without any hint to anybody. I quit right then and there that Sabbath. I was done. I'm not doing it anymore. I can't do this anymore. I can't stay on this unsustainable pace. And I was thinking that, well, relieving one church, the bigger church, would relieve the fogginess, the tension that I was having. But it didn't. I was still in the cave, and God was still asking What are you doing here? First of all, writing my father's funeral was the most difficult thing I have ever done in public speaking. Second to actually preaching his funeral. And like I mentioned, I came back one Saturday without telling anyone at my church. I preached and announced I was done leaving. No two week notice. I took my six week vacation that I had accumulated and I was done Not looking back, I was finished with full-time ministry. So January of 2019, I went part-time. Still in love with the church, but still on an unsustainable pace. A pace God never asked me to take on. A pace that was not sustainable in my own strength. And one that he would not even ask me to take in his own strength. A pace God was asking me to let go of, but in His way, not mine. Oftentimes we get ourselves in a mess, and then we think that the very same thinking that got us into that mess is going to be the very same thinking that will get us out of that mess. But unless we begin to listen to the Lord, we're still going to remain in that cave, and He's still going to ask, What are you doing here? I never asked you to be here going part-time didn't help much I was still on a breakneck pace just one less church I was still involved in the school still on committees and on top of that because I had one more church one less church I started taking more speaking appointments in other churches around Texas plus many of you know my history as a financial advisor so I renewed my securities license On top of all that, I leave one church, but I go get a part-time job in securities. I was working in finances again. And all this time, I knew God was walking next to me. Listen, God was walking next to me, but I couldn't sense him. I knew it intellectually, but I couldn't sense him. It's like walking in the dark tunnel, knowing someone is beside you, but you can't see them. It was intellectually and by the promises of God. Because I never left my relationship with God. It's just I wasn't listening. And I could picture God looking down from heaven going, Oh, no. Not, no. When are you going to listen? And I would just, I had tuned them out for several years. I went to Israel later that summer of 2019 after the conference had invited me back to come back to full time ministry. I thought maybe after this nine month hiatus and part time, maybe that's what God wants. I took the full time job back simply because they asked, not because my heart was in it. And I enjoyed it very much, but when I got home, the trip to Israel, I looked in the mirror and I didn't like what I saw and who I saw. For myself, one who had always been physically fit. I checked on the scale, and I was 0.5 pounds short of 200 pounds. I didn't like who I had become physically. Outside, you would have thought everything was fine, but inside, I was on an unsustainable pace. Mind you, I'm vegan. I eat healthy, or so I thought. But I was still pushing the scales. Life was getting foggy. Ministry beckoned. And somehow I couldn't stop. Then COVID hit in the spring of 2020. And as fate would have. And listen to this. larry and I made an investment in a home gym. Just before everything shut down. I had to get in control of my Gaining of weight. So we bought a home gym right before COVID hit, and we were glad because when COVID hit, everything was shut down. I was determined to be in the best shape of my life, and I set a goal that by the time I hit 50, at that time it was three years to 50, now it's less than 18 months. Mercy. <laughs> then that March after COVID struck, I don't know if my heart was ready. Or the Lord had had enough. But I heard his voice clearer than I had ever heard it in the previous unsustainable pace. larry got an employee contract in her business. And when we looked at the amount, the first thing that came out of my voice, and I call those spontaneous moments of faith, where it wasn't me who really said it, but the Lord brought it out of me, kind of like the Lord brought out a voice out of a donkey. That's how I felt at the time. And when I looked at the amount, the first foreshadowing of the Lord, when I looked at the amount, I said, wow, this is almost enough to replace my salary as I get laid off in a couple of months. No word from the conference that, that was going to happen. That just came out of my mouth. And I remember as I said that, I said to myself, is that you, Lord? But like the previous pace I was on, COVID had shut down the churches. COVID had put everybody on Zoom. And I was going to tackle Zoom and be there for my churches. So I had meetings every night and twice on Sabbath. Because the churches needed to be fed. I, want, I didn't want them to feel abandoned. And so there were Zoom calls every night. And twice on Sabbath, Because I was doing the Lord's work. In my own strength. A month later. After this revelation of Larry's employee contract. That was going to replace my salary. The first foreshadowing came true. When a month later I get the call. The call you never want to get from your job. HR wants you to meet the CEO and the vice president. Or in this case, the conference president and the conference secretary. The first thing I did was run to Larry and tell her, remember what I told you about your employee contract? Well, I got the call. The Lord is speaking to me. And I think I'm finally listening. And this begins the second section found in Mark 6.33. And he said to them, speaking to the disciples who had been ministering all this time, he said to them, come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a while. I just praise God that it wasn't sickness that brought me to rest in Christ. I praise God that it wasn't an accident or losing a child or losing my wife, but it was just losing my job. Because the conference let me go without a week' notice. I had to tell both my churches that I was done. And I couldn't even contact because in the past, they fear that pastors may try to take the church with them. And so I had to say goodbye. Gone. No reason given except that the conference was on a $2 million hold. But I didn't blame the conference because I knew that God was talking to me. Why are you on this pace? Why are you on this cave? I never asked you. I've been trying to talk to you. And if this is what it takes, then come and rest a while to you. I didn't blame the conference. I didn't blame anybody. I blamed I didn't even blame myself. Because I knew I was being faithful to God, even though I could be stubborn and I wasn't listening. I know that God, and listen, whenever you go through troubles, whatever crisis you're going through, may it come out of your mouth that God is too wise to make a mistake. So I knew that being let go by the conference at that moment, it wasn't their doing, it wasn't my doing, it wasn't anybody's doing, is that I was not listening to God and God is too wise to make a mistake in your life. But you can imagine when God is speaking to you who's also whispering. And so the temptations came. As a matter of fact, I even got a phone call from several other pastors that were dismissed with the temptation do you want to sue the conference for wrongful termination? at that moment, I said, no, get away from me, please. They kept harassing me for about a week or two until I made it clear that that is not the way because it wasn't God's fault. It wasn't anybody's fault. It was the fact that God needed to put me on a timeout to rest because he wants to do whatever it takes in your life and in my life to get you into a personal, intimate relationship with him. And if I was doing the Lord's work in my own strength, then he needed to cut off the Lord's work in my own strength. But you could imagine, there was a mixture of embarrassment, of shame, of wondering what could have been done differently. And I got relieved. My last day was May 31st. And my initial reaction after being let go was, God is too wise to her. I felt sad, embarrassed. But relieved all wrapped up in one. He had been trying to get my attention for so long. And all I did was pour myself more into the ministry. My new working definition of Laodicea is remember. Is doing the Lord's work in your own strength. Trying to save your own marriage in your own strength. Trying to save your job, your kids in your own strength. Like we said in the Sabbath school class, you cannot save your kids by your own strength. You need to save them by the power of the Holy Spirit. (coughs) And then there was a worry about losing our health insurance. Not so much the money, but the health insurance with two little girls. And then in the middle of June, having not practiced social distancing, as I said with my wife, we find out Emily is on her way. With no insurance. Just having to depend on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All the while I'm thinking, mercy Lord. But God is too wise to earth. I told myself I was going to take three months off. And do nothing at church but worship. After most churches were closed due to COVID, that made it easier. I didn't get on Zoom for three plus months. I didn't do anything but relax and try to learn how to listen to God once again. I knew I would get involved eventually because I have a love for God. And like Jeremiah, after a while, that fire is going to burn in my bones. And I told my colleagues when I got let go that ministry, listen, please. Ministry just doesn't stop because the paycheck does. We have to remain faithful to God no matter what happens. Whether you lose your job, whether you lose friends, whether you lose it all. God has done everything for us when he has died on the cross for us. So ministry does not stop because the paycheck did. After a couple of months I started getting that itch. Many thoughts ran through my head. What could I have done differently, etc.? Then there was the future. What would I do for a living? I could go back full-time into finance industry, but Larry and I, now carrying Emily and her mom dying, said we would give it a year and assess our situation before I decided what I would do with my future. After about four or five months, Pastor Ruben at Waller, who's pastoring there, invited me to preach at his church once a month. The fire was growing again to preach the word of God because like I said, the ministry doesn't stop because a paycheck does. And this is who I am. I love the gospel of Jesus Christ. And just like Elijah, who I may have my victories, but there are moments like we mentioned in the Sabbath school lessons. There are ups and downs, but God gives us anchor points to reaffirm our faith in him. So I started preaching once a month at Waller. I prayed about it. I said, yes. Then he asked me to be an elder about six months into it. And I said, yes. I prayed about it though this time. And I said, yes. Some other ministers were then inviting me around Texas to preach. And I would do so about once a month. So now I'm preaching twice a month, both in English and Spanish. And it was invigorating. Different than before. The joy had come back. And I knew that every invitation, instead of just saying yes because it's ministry and that's what the Lord would have. Every invitation was soaked and saturated in the power of God. In the power of prayer. Things were different. All I knew more than ever that was then and there that I was in God's hands and that he had fired me. He, not the conference, not man, but he had fired me because he is too wise to make a mistake. Then in March, March 11th, 2021, baby Emily was born. I was there at home without employment to be able to minister to my wife as her business grows to minister her while she was pregnant. And I was able to deliver my third child. Yes, I delivered the first two and the third one with the help of a midwife. I was able to deliver Emily Grace Mare. But it's sad because at the same time we're bringing in new life. Linda, my mother-in-law, met baby Emily. We had been praying that she would live long enough to meet her, but she would sleep in Jesus on May twenty second, 2021, with her kids, husbands, in-laws, and grandkids by her side. By this point, I had lost 30 pounds. Emily was born. Sadly, my mother-in-law was in sleep. It's as if God wanted me to spend time with my family, ministering to my wife during pregnancy, be there for her during her mother's final days, build the house, lose the weight, and avoid COVID for (laughs) years. He fired me right before COVID. So I was home alone, isolated. And God said to me in a unique way, and this is the third section found in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. He said said to me, Geo, your unsustainable pace was not good, but he said in the verse, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. And I began to realize that no matter what I do in ministry, if I don't do it in His power and in His name, by His grace and by prayer and by the power of prayer, it is all in vain. It is all about Him and never about what you can do for the ministry. After a year off and after reading, and by the way, this is a book mainly for pastors, but I would recommend everybody to read it because the insights in there are powerful. And I just want to read you one quote. This book on prayer, it's not Adventist, but it's recommended by the Revival and Reformation website, which is at Adventist. And this quote that I'm going to read you hit me to the heart. And it's something that I want for your life. It's The book is titled, And the Place Was Shaken, How to Lead a Powerful Prayer Meeting by John Franklin. But this line in page 43 says, If you want to see Him, seek Him. Seek Him desperately in secret. Cry out to Him. Open your mouth and pant for Him. Constantly monitor your heart's desire for Him. Keep your finger on the pulse of desire to be with him. Make sure your hunger does not wane. Only by seeking God fervently, intensely, continually will you be able to walk with God. Then and only then will those whom you lead will walk with God. Then and only then will you discern the activity of God and see his power in your life consistently do you want him more than anything else and in that notion I realized that my work for ministry had become more than my desire for him and in the end it's all about him my grace is sufficient for my power is made perfect in weakness And that quote I read wasn't so much about the church. But how can I lead my wife and my three children to the promised land? If I and myself are not listening to the master shepherd. And so the Lord began to speak to me. After my mother-in-law passed away saying the rest is over son. Time to get to work but in my strength, not yours. Larie's business got a notice that she had to vacate her office soon. In the end, it turned out that they would let, let her stay until our house is built and then we'll move naturally. But that is when the Woodlands Church came into our thoughts so distinctly that we both asked, Lord, is that you? At that time, the Woodlands had a pastor, Seth Clark. I met him while we were disc golfing with Pastor Reuben. But the Lord said, that will be your church. And this is in March, April. I haven't even spoken to the conference yet. And the Lord said, that's going to be your church. (laughs) Is it you, Lord? About two weeks later, Pastor Ruben tells me, guess what? Seth Clark took a call to Nebraska, and he was a pastor of the Woodlands. Is it you, Lord, I asked. We felt impressed that it was. Then I went to constituency as a Waller delegate and, pumped and bumped into the daughter of my former head elder at Baytown, Julie Thompson. She asked me how I was doing, where I was pastoring. I told her my story that I was let go over close to a year ago. And she said, my church is looking for a new pastor. I asked her, what church do you go to? And guess what she said? The Woodlands Church. Is that you, Lord? Inside, I smirked because by now I knew God was leading. I hadn't even spoken to the conference about coming back, but God was leading. Julie invited me, listen to this, to visit. Not to preach, just to visit the first weekend of June. We said yes, but didn't make it because Hannah got sick. Then the second weekend, I told her we would come. And as soon as I hang up, Larry tells me, Hannah has Adventurer's graduation the next week. So I had to call Julie and tell her, look, I can't come. I don't want to miss Hannah's Adventurer's graduation. She said, can you come the third week? I said, yes. She said, great. It's Pollock. I said, good. (laughs) Pollock weekend. Not bad. We'll go visit. Third weekend, it would be, we would arrive. Sit through Sabbath school. Between Sabbath school and the sermon, someone taps me on the shoulder. Says, are you the guest preacher? No, I'm not. They were like, okay, thank you. And then they walk away about 10 minutes later I got three people surrounding me do you want to preach (laughs) the guest preacher hasn't arrived and we don't know who they is who they are so I asked them by any chance who's the guest preacher pastor you'll know the name Nathan Krauss. and in the back of my head and I told them look I've never known a conference official he's the ministerial director, to ever miss a speaking appointment, something's up. So I said, I'll speak under one condition and one condition only, that you wait to the last possible second to invite me to the pulpit. I ended up preaching. (laughs) I shared what I just shared about me having to be there the first weekend. Couldn't happen the second weekend. So as I'm driving home, after the sermon, many of the leaders said, we're looking for a pastor. Would you consider throwing your resume in? I said, let me talk to the conference. And the conference agreed. But I told them, look, before the conference agreed, I had told them, let me talk to the conference. And they asked him, could you come back and preach again? I said, that's not up to me. It's up to God, because now I don't do anything without God's approval. As I'm going home, I called Ashwin, who was the area coordinator at the time, and I told him about Nathan Krauss having skipped out and not being there. He said, no, 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 no. Nathan didn't skip out. The Woodlands got it wrong. He's there the next weekend. In other words, they didn't have a preacher. And I said, well, I told him. So in other words, they didn't have a preacher. And Ashwood said, no, 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 no. They had a preacher. God arranged you to be there. Remember, I was supposed to be there the first weekend. Then the second weekend. I ended up being there the third weekend. And I ended up preaching because I was only supposed to be a guest. Remember, they had asked me to come back and preach again. And I said I wasn't going to, you know, it's up to God. Well, Ashwin came down with COVID. And he was supposed to cover the pulpit for the rest of the summer. And he asked me to do it. Is that you, Lord? My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is perfected in weakness. September 1st, 2021, I became the pastor of the Woodlands Seventh day Adventist Church. When you mess up, when you don't listen, when God has to put you on a timeout, He doesn't throw you away, He doesn't say enough with you, He doesn't discard you, He calls you to come and rest. In his finished work. And when we learn that lesson. He cleans you up. He dusts you off. He prepares you again. He'll put you right where you need to be. It may not be as a pastor, as myself. It may not be in the pulpit. But you are a father. Or a son. You are a wife. Or a daughter. You have a place that only you can reach and God wants to use you to reach those the pastor cannot reach. He never throws us away. He never gives up on us. And whatever you go through, whatever up And down whatever valley you may be going through. Remember that where you're going through. God is walking right beside you. Even if you don't feel it. And that's why the psalmist can write. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And it's not about feelings. It's about faith. And So I conclude the final verse. And I know we mean well when we say this. And there's nothing wrong, but as I apply it now to myself. I was walking with the Lord the whole time. I may not have been listening, but I never left him in my heart. But now I realize more than ever what Paul wrote in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the son of God. Who loved me. And gave himself up for me. I'm done with walking with Jesus by my side. I want him to walk. In me. Every day of my life. He may come. And call you to rest. May not be through illness. May not be to a loss of a job. May just be through. A slap on the head and say. Wake up and listen. You could be doing all the right things. In your own strength. But without God. In vain. We build a house. Without God. Come and see. Come and taste. Bask and rest in his glory. That the Lord is good. And that. His power is perfected when we let all go acknowledge our weakness and be crucified with Christ let's pray dear heavenly father i thank you for your amazing love thank you for this child we dedicated here may her parents and all parents recognize that we can't raise these children in our own strength it has to be in the power of jesus christ father i thank you for the testimony i was able to share Father, may anybody going through the valley recognize you will not discard them, but you want them to listen. And Father, may we live crucified to you, that it is you that live in us and not we for ourselves. And finally, Lord, may we do everything we do in your strength and not ours. In your son's precious name we pray, amen. amen. Thank you for listening to the Adventist Church of the Woodlands podcast. You can find us at woodlandsadventist.org, and you can visit us anytime. You're more than welcome. God bless you, and have a great day.